All right, welcome everybody to the N Word for Nerd podcast. I'm your host, the corny one, Jason. We're sitting here today with, I guess, we, we got to admit, let's just go in and break it to you because I know you guys are looking at the screen or probably going to hear and be like, I thought he was fired. So, guys, um, um, we apparently have there's legal a higher stuff going on. Yeah, there's legal stuff going on that we can't talk about on the show, but until that's resolved, welcome back, Jaren. Help us hey! to the show. How's it going, Jaren? <laughs> Uh, until further notice, I will be your affirmative action hire for the foreseeable future. Glad to be here, uh, and glad that that uh, we're not allowed to talk about the details surrounding that. You know, yeah, be I mean, so it's... funny. If we get a guest in the show, there's another white dude, and Jaren's sick or something, and we just, <laughs> like, Jaren, just call him Jaren. Yeah. Like, hey, just, just type Jaren into the thing on the bottom. <laughs> I would like, not. I, I would think it'd be funny. <laughs> I did not know discrimination suits work the other way when there's only <laughs> one white guy. We fire him. That doesn't look good on paper. So anyway, <laughs> uh, our other host, as always, we have the Duke of all nerds, Jason Number A. What's going on, Jason? How's it going? Hi from beautiful Jacksonville, Florida, home Nerd. of jean shorts, methamphetamines, and fighting family members. Bath salts. <laughs> oh man. Have you seen Florida Man? <laughs> yes, every day we I've are. been here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, as always, before we jump into the great product that we have for you today, we are going to talk about top three sci-fi, Star Wars, that is not Star Wars, and that's Star Trek. We're also going to talk about Dune, because I know everybody's been talking about that and have seen it. Also, we're going to talk about Injustice. They came out with a DC animated universe movie for the Injustice series. And then we're going to finish up our reviews with Ron Gone Wrong. And then we're going to have a nice little fun culture talk about what makes us mad in the culture. But before you hear all this great stuff or any of these segments, please remember to like, share, subscribe, and follow us on Head Cannon Circus on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And like Jaron always likes to remind me, that's why I'm so glad to have him back on the show. Make sure you hit the bell on the, to be notified when we bring that heat to you, like every single week. Yeah. All right, guys. I, I think you guys had something to get out. Let me let you get it off your chest before we first start the first segment. Anything you Every guys time you say, say Apple Podcasts, I think you're saying Apple Pie. And I'm like, I could go for some Apple mm -hmm. Pie. You know, yeah. I actually watched them call uh, them American, <laughs> American Pie the other day, the first one. And I was like, man, this movie was so much funnier when I thought I could put my penis in a pie and it would work. So uh... <laughs> when I was but after that 13 years incident. old, I asked my brother Maurice if it did feel like a warm apple pie. Uh -huh. And he was like, and what did he say? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it does. <laughs> Seems like what Reese would say. All right, guys, let's jump right into our first segment of the day. We are going to talk about top, we're going to have a choice of top three sci-fi movies, books, TV shows, etc. that are not Star Trek or Star Wars. So that means we had to reach deep into our bags for some of us. Not that hard, but for me, deep into my bag to find some of these. He's like, there's other sci-fi out there besides Star Wars and Star Trek? When you presented the topic, Jason, that was the first thing I said. I said, this is bullshit. He's, he's making up things now. Yeah. So genre outside of those two. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's going well, on? Let's go ahead and we'll start with you, Jason, since you brought up the topic. What is your number yeah. three sci-fi? Number three. Uh... Battlestar Galactica, especially after this last uh, remake from, what, 2005, Ronald uh, Moore, who also worked on uh, Star Trek at one point. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. um, 
such a good uh i would say soft sci- sci-fi because they definitely do some uh not sciencey stuff in there <laughs> you know it's not hard right. science in Battlestar Galactica <laughs> but you know it does you know offer questions about what it means to be a human you know what should we do if you know our resources are dwindling I love that show I also did in fact enjoy the 1970 I want to say 79 movie of Battlestar Galactica or at least the, the TV pilot that they did mm-hmm. I thought it was fun it's cheesy as fuck if you lot watched it today, but it's still it's yeah, still it's got like some fun to it. So yeah, Gordon level cheesy. I mean, yeah, like it is <laughs> definitely from the seventies when they were like, we could do stuff in space. We should do stuff in space. Like, <laughs> what does space look like? Disco. <laughs> Facts. They will never disappear from the social consciousness. It will be around in decades. Yeah. This oh, is what the future man. will be like. But yeah, uh, Palestine Galactica. If you ever watched that, at least. The original series, and you can even go into Caprica too. Um, not the original series, the remake series, and then Caprica as well from sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Definitely give it a watch. It will, it's well worth it. You know, it's funny. I fell off of the main series, I never finished it, but I really like the four-part kind of pre-series that they yeah, did. Yeah, the, they did a mini-series for the yeah. as their pilot mm-hmm. and phenomenal. I love yeah. that. It just when the show started getting off it off the ground with the regular, the regular show, it just didn't feel I felt like they were trying to tell a lot more of an impactful story compressed into those four episodes in the in the pre-series. And uh it just it seemed more stretched out and less, I don't know, less it's definitely a slow burn. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of resource management. If you ever played RTS, there's a definitely a lot of that going on. <laughs> but like all the characters are great, you know. Uh the the whole talk about like, you know, because there's the Cylons, they even have, you know, they're not just faceless robots. They have their own right. will, wants, desires and things like that. And, you know, they and some of them want to be like the humans, you know, and like they want to be here with these people and be a part of the society. But, you know, racism is a bitch, too. So <laughs> <laughs> especially if, you know, that the other side, you know, wiped out your species. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm gonna have to go ahead and cop, and um, that that actually was my number one. So, oh, damn, I got a better one than that. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually my number one, and it was because the remake series was just phenomenal. I thought it was just really, really good, really, really strong. I mean, it it is a space opera, but yeah, I mean, like you said, the science isn't great in it, but it's still, I think, just top of the top of the bar uh, sci-fi there. Um, Actually, I think I may have sold one of yours, but go ahead, Jaren. What is your number three sci-fi? Number three, number three sci-fi series. It's a series of movies. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorites in the world. It's near and dear to my heart, and I think it qualifies, even though space isn't involved. Back <laughs> to the Future. That works. Time travel. Works. Yep, I think it's brilliant. I love that. Uh, I mean, obviously, my love of that series is well documented. Maybe not so much on this podcast, but if you've just ever been near me when I've had like three beers, <laughs> uh, and, and somebody er, brings up a car that remotely looks like a DeLorean, <laughs> we have a conversation. Um, but uh, I love, I love the idea too how the second and third movie were made kind of in tandem, so that they were able to, or made like together, so they were able to jump back and forth with the productions and do really cool stuff with that. So I dug that. I think more movies should be made like that. Maybe even one that we talk about and then <laughs> that we're reviewing this week. We, I wish that they had done the second one, the first one together, but uh, uh, we'll get there. What pisses me off right. about the back to the future franchise. Oh is yeah. yeah. That, 
in Back to the Future 2, he goes to the year 2015. It's 2021 now, and we don't got none of that shit. I need somebody to get on my fucking cars, my holographic video stuff, some some uh, dehydrated DiGiorno pizzas. I need that now. Yep. All right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You you know we can't Robert have a Skyway in Atlanta. We can't have a Skyway in Atlanta. People yeah, be running out of gas all stuff. the time around here, going, "I know my car. It's on E, but I'm good." <laughs> that motherfucker chopped right out the sky. <laughs> Uh, barely flying, just yeah. like what's wrong so, with your car? <laughs> my, my number three is probably going to be higher on Jaren's list. Well, he may not have included it as this, but I'm going to include it. My number three is the IP of Ghostbusters. I oh. mean, what the coolest science I ever realized in my life, or maybe get into sci-fi, was watching a proton pack. Like that yeah, alone was like, man. Like in my mind, I'm like, you can really make those. Which I guess technically you can really make those, but not how they do in the movie. But regardless of it, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, it looks cool. It was just that, and then I didn't know them as Saturday Night Live. Uh, you know, Saturday Night uh, Stars. So when I saw Ghostbusters. <laughs> I'm actually these dudes were real scientists that really had the science down because I didn't know any of their comedy chops until I got older. I was like, oh, this is why that movie was so funny and entertaining because you had comedic geniuses on it. But at the time, um, Egon and Ray, when they talk and they were going back and forth with that science stuff, I felt like Peter Vakeman. It was like, yeah, in, in regular things, like it, it was a very good way to do science, like you said, that might not have been accurate, but when you do it and you believe it, it makes the audience believe that it's accurate. And that, that's all that counts in sci-fi a lot of times is yeah. that you yeah. believe that it's accurate and that can happen. And so that is my number three, the as Ghostbusters. That includes the cartoon. That includes the <laughs> Ghostbusters 3, a.k.a. the video game. And yeah, going all the, even Ghostbusters 2 has quasi-science in it. That's yeah. And hilarious. Bobby Brown. <laughs> and and makes it, yes. Bobby Brown. yes. And if people don't know, Bobby Brown has a science degree. Yeah. Don't look it up. Just believe me. Just don't take question his it. Word for it. He went to Morehouse and then he went to MIT. It was, oh. you know, it's during, you know, <laughs> his white after he split off of New Edition. You know, don't even don't even look it up. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. It's don't facts. It. Uh, <laughs> so that's my number three. Uh Jason, you're number two. My number two, because I stick to uh to this list for spacey stuff. So mm-hmm. my number two is Farscape. Uh, this is also another sci-fi show. Don't do look. I will put a dick in your Good mouth show. with that look, man. Good show. Good show. I like Dude. Farscape. I was one of the uh, few. <laughs> so here's the thing about Farscape. And, you know, Jaren can, I don't know, die. No, I'd love, <laughs> love to hear you defend this show. Go. Firstly, it has the Jim Hansen uh, workshop behind all their alien designs. And when you go from straight Star Trek to... Farscape, it it's nuts because they have all sorts of different creatures and different things that you know as a kid and never in only being you know exposed to pretty much Star Trek and a little bit of Star Wars and even Star Wars a lot of their character designs are very human centric, whereas in uh in in Farscape you have Brigel who's this little tiny puppet versus the pilot who's this big giant thing and they were so great so creative, uh you know and I still ship. You know, Ben Browder and uh, Claudia Black to this day, uh, they were great as the leads of that show. It asks, you know, especially in the later seasons, it asks some pretty hefty questions about like morality and and uh, what is right versus wrong. And it gets so good. And, you know, it gets, you know, they cancel it because 
you know, it, it's a very it was a very expensive show to do because they had literal like life size puppets on set. <laughs> but just from like, I never even thought of having a living ship before. You know, watching Farscape, like the you ship being its own character. Like, shut the fuck up, Jaren. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bio ships. Haven't seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, you when you're 13, maybe I, maybe if I, you know, I was too busy. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe I was too busy getting laid rather than sitting here most like you, Jaren. Yeah, no, but the, everybody no. knows that's not true. <laughs> yeah. No. Not I mean, I might have lied about the Bobby Brown thing, but you're taking it too far, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question Dude. it. Farscape is really good. Fuck what Jaren has to say. It's my number two. I love that. I love that it took you three things to get to something that was worth talking about. You're like, first of all, there's Muppets on it. Fuck, whatever. Dude, if you don't love Muppets, you don't have a heart. I really wish my 13-year-old mind really wished two people fucked on the show but didn't. And then you get to the morality thing. That's your number three. You should have started with had excellent writing, hard-hitting moral questions, and then get to your shipping comment. But no, you've led. No, but the creature design was fucking, so good. Sesame Street in space, and the creature also- design was so good. You're dumb. I hate you. <laughs> All right, moving on to Jerry's number two. Uh, <laughs> number two, Jared. Number two. Uh, I am returning your series. Returning to space. This this feels. It. I, I'm sure I'm gonna get shit for this. It feels a little bit like a cop out, considering we said no, no Star Trek and no Star Wars. But my number two it's is the Orville. And the reason that I'm probably going to get shit for it is because it's damn near Star Trek. I mean, almost to a T, but it's awesome. It's contemporary. Special effects are great. The writing is good. The comedic timing is good. When there's comedic timing and then when the drama drama is there, the drama is fucking excellent. And it also has a lot of excellent moral questions. And it really throws things in the face of uh, like modern issues we have, which is what a good sci-fi show does, I think. And I think it's awesome as a result. Not a cop out because it's not Star Trek or Star Wars. It's so official. Hey, hey, just because something is inspired by it doesn't make it in. So. Right, right, right. I yeah. thought I was gonna get more shit for that, but all right, cool. No, no, no. Plus, I knew it was gonna be on your list. I knew I was I knew it was gonna be list. I thought it'd be higher, but I knew it was gonna be on your list. Well, I, mean, I feel like I'm worried we're all gonna have to say number one. I feel like I'm about to take Jason's number one and Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But uh, actually, Jason, this is a show that you put me on to. And my number two is The Expanse. Ah, fuck. You did take my number one. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll let you talk about it. I'll give you the floor. Go ahead. So, because you already got mad. Go ahead and talk about that because you put me on to it. So, it's great that you were talking about it more. Like, you're talking about. You sold it to me. So, (laughs) hard, good, hard sci fi. And by between soft and hard sci fi, I mean, in hard sci fi, (laughs) it's definitely more actual science-based stuff is happening like people do their research and see if this is could be plausible if given the right technology whereas in soft sci-fi like technically star wars is kind of soft soft sci-fi where they're just like yeah we can do stuff you know uh don't worry about how how uh how it's done okay it's uh photons okay but <laughs> the expanse the reason it's so good is that firstly it's definitely a character piece about people who are in extraordinary situations trying to do the best they can uh but it's also a large scale you know i wouldn't i was about to say global conflict but it's not global conflict it's like three two different planets and a whole bunch of other small asteroids worth of conflict and the belt yeah the belt (laughs) and it's it is you know you get the you know how it feels from the the little guys perspective all the way up to the president of the earth 
Federation of the UN, basically, and how mm-hmm. they are dealing with these, you know, almost, you know, species ending crises, you know, and it's not with, you know, there is some alien stuff in it, but it's not like, oh, it's, I am an alien and here I am to come to take over your, your planet. It is like, you know, it's mostly human conflict that is driving a lot of uh, uh, all of the, all of the storylines. But the best part of the show is fucking Amos. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Fast. Fast. You talk about a character and then also played by Gwinnett owns West Chatham. He plays this guy and I've read the book, so he's still the same in the books. But a character that is very self-aware of what kind of person he is and mm-hmm. what his limitations are as a person, but also what he's capable of. And the best thing about I like about Amos is like he is a monster. He knows he's a monster. So therefore, he aligns himself with people who he thinks has good consciousness or good moral direction. So then he knows that if he's going to do a bad thing, it's going to be for a good reason. <laughs> Right. And uh, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scenes, this happens in the second season, and it's a little small spoiler alert, spoiler alert for those people who haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> the second season involves around um, the crew of the Rosanati, which is the main car- crew, trying to find a little girl for a, a, a doctor on uh, Ganymede. And they finally mm-hmm. find this little girl. She has been taken by her pediatrician who was planning on doing some horrible experiments to her. And the dad catches up with the doctor who he trusted, and he's about to kill this guy. And Amos is like, nah, man, you can't do this. You're not that dude. And the pediatrician is like, thank God you've saved my life. You know, I thank you. I'm I'm a bad guy. I'll turn myself in. And uh, Amos is like, no, 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 no. I'm that dude. (laughs) It is such (laughs) a fucking, oh, it's so good. The experience, it's just like, it's people say it's Game of Thrones space. It's a little bit less because a lot of people have plot armor in this show. But it is mm-hmm. just so so very good, and that's why I like it, and that's why it was yeah. Good. So I, I finished season one, so that's all. I was like, I got to make the list because if everybody keeps telling me, I think season two gets even better than season one. Yes, X Y Z. So that's why I made my list. So I'm at as deep in the lore as Jason is, but season yeah. one had me hooked, and like I'm waiting for the moment that I can start binging season two very soon. Um, but yes, uh, Jaren, we'll swing all the way around to you. Your number one. Um, I mean, yeah, yes, your number one sci-fi. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there, there's no question. It's Firefly. Duh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what, what Tim Minear and Jaws Whedon did with 14 episodes in a movie is will for, leave a, an indelible mark on my psyche, my creative process, my consciousness, and my idea of what good writing is and character development is for the rest of my life. I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, and I mean, it might be more Tim Minear than Jaws Wheaton as far as the writing goes. All my favorite episodes have him as uh, as co-writer on it. So it's possible that he brings the the magic to what it is that I enjoy about it or what resonates with me. Josh Wheaton just bullies people into doing the right thing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he gets performances out of people because they're afraid of him. <laughs> Uses that fear. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, regardless of whether or not Whedon's a dick, uh, uh, Firefly, number one non Star Wars, Star Trek sci fi, in my opinion, such a cool world, too. Just like, yeah. like the blending of, of, of both Western and Asian influences, and like yep. fucking Mal Reynolds, mm. yeah, yeah, uh, and, and not an alien in sight, 
Not an alien insight. Also, really a, cool they, that they, they go to a it's all just human drama of, yeah. of like people being bad to people. They go to yeah. a carnival freak show in one episode, and they're like, "Proof of alien life," and it's just a cow fetus that's upside down. <laughs> Is it? Does it not take some shine off? Now, again, it's not the fault of the people who produce the show, but that's only one season. No, because Does it was it not? really canceled. Yeah. Well, no. Again, again, I'm just saying. Also, it it's not one take some of the shine perfect off of season. You know, so really? maybe it's better that it was one season because it didn't you know a lot of shows. I can, you know, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. They get up in their age and they get all old and bloated. The Simpsons, you know, and it's like, why haven't you put this poor cow out of his misery? You yeah. know, it's not as good as it once was. So maybe it's, it was good that it was only one season. It's Man, like I'm not I mean, saying it, do, it, it, it needed to be at least three seasons in a movie, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got the movie. Well, again, yeah. and I, I'll yeah, agree with you. you. Need to be. I, I'm not disagreeing that it need to be longer, but I guess to have it as someone's number one, like you know what it's like for me. It's like to go a hip hop reference. Mm-hmm. Biggie and Pac, especially Biggie. Biggie has right. two classic albums. I can't deny it. Great, but like it's still only two albums, and we can't call them the greatest when it's all these other people to have. Dude, fifteen and Jason. Everybody knows that, the greatest of all time is Machine Gun Kelly, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. So with that segment, that Maybe means I I'm sci-fi. <laughs> with that moment, that will end our discussion on the top three sci-fi movies, books, or shows, or series oh. that are not Star Trek or Star Wars. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to that. If you did not enjoy it, and you have some other series that you would like to include, please put it below. Because we will read your comments on the usually sometime during the shows. Eventually, we do have some comments today that we're going to read. So I appreciate you guys listening to that. And also, uh, if you just think that our list is crap, give us your top three that are not Star yes. Trek or Star Wars. Yeah. We will love to argue oh. if yours are even worse than ours. Yeah, tell you All right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let's move on. Hey, Jason, to... what was your number one was going to be? Oh, yeah. We didn't. We skipped. That was your number Battle two. Battlestar Galactica. That's okay. Oh, right. So cool. <clears throat> let's go ahead and jump into another science fiction fantasy. <laughs> what is Dune? Dune just dropped on HBO Max and in theaters and in IMAX. And I'll get I guess I'll let Jason go ahead and uh kick this one off. What are your thoughts on Dune? All right, I'm gonna start off by definitely saying that I really enjoyed this movie. I'm gonna say that as a statement right now that I really, really, <laughs> really enjoyed this movie. Because, but <laughs> no, I don't get. I don't, we don't need it because it's great. The visuals are great. Like, um, I love Oscar Isaac's anything that he does. He's awesome in it. Fucking Jason Momoa. It's even in the scenes that he's in the scant few scenes, he has this charisma to him that's always fun to watch. Right. Um, I like this movie. Don't get me wrong. I really, really like this movie. <laughs> I watched it again today. Okay. But, but then. <laughs> but then. <laughs> All right, there there are one major concern that I have, and then the rest is going to just be really Nick, just nitpicky shit that I just like to pick for fun. The first thing is this movie should be a series, a prestige level TV series. Dune is just so big and so expansive, and that it it needs more time. And this is kind of a long movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it needs more time to get really, really like get it going. And I feel like for me. Like knowing, and I never read the book itself. I know, like you know, I've seen both the Lynch, David Lynch version, as well as uh, the miniseries they had on on Sci-Fi some years ago, twenty years ago at this point. So I'm I'm fairly familiar with the story, 
And there's just like, I feel like even though this movie is fucking long, I feel like they gloss over a lot of stuff. You know, I feel like a lot of things are just like, here's a character. Let's keep it moving. Here's another character. Let's keep it moving. And we don't have enough time to, 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 to really care about anything that isn't Timothy Chalamet's wispy Paul Atreides. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my only main gripe is that I want and that's probably a good gripe. It's like I want to spend more time here. I want to be more inversed in this, and that's probably a good thing that I want more, right? Mm-hmm. Uh now my nicky picky shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is uh just superficial. Um this is this thing takes place in 20,000 years in the future. Uh we don't need Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> we could have, especially with Oscar Isaac as as the uh, as Duke Let Leto Atreides. We could yeah. have had a more diverse class. And and when I say this, it's because no, hold the your whole, fucking horses, Jaren. Whole cast is diverse. <laughs> when I I say this because since the main character is Paul Atreides, mm-hmm. who's kind of a Mary Sue, he is going to basically be the best friend, like the best Freeman warrior there's going to be. He's going to be Linda being the leader of the Freeman, which kind of skews to the whole white savior complex. Right. And the, because Ooh. don't, don't roll your eyes. You know, I'm when rolling. you see this These a thousand so times, you're like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, I, he just doesn't work for me. And I think that we could have put like, you know, you have Oscar Isaac, you could have had, you know, someone else that could be Ooh. like, I don't know. They're fucking Hollywood actors. Pick one. I, I would even say Will and Jaden Smith for crying out loud. Nah, that's bad. That would be terrible. Will Smith could probably do Duke, but <laughs> not Jaden Smith. <laughs> but when you get down to it, he is going to become, and especially with the Freeman, not as in the David Lynch being just a whole bunch of other white people, with the Freeman being, the Freeman, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing it wrong, being, you know, a collected group of darker skinned people. I just don't want to see it last samurai and he becomes the best of these native culture. It's it's like he becomes the best Indian in the Indian group as wispy French Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> right? But as I said, Jared, it's nitpicky. I get it. It's not that important to you. Considering <laughs> how how incredibly white the entire cast of David Lynch's was. Oh yeah, yeah. Considering yeah, I'm, it's jump. a step in the right direction. <laughs> a huge I step need in a, the- I, I need mean, another step. Chalamet and the girl are arguably the only white people outside of Batista, I guess. Right? No. And, uh, and, uh, know, his, and Lady Jessica, uncle. his mother, is white. Uh, Gurney, obviously played by um, what's his face? Oh, uh, uh, Cable. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, yeah. This and that's. I mean, I'm just saying it's just nitpicky. I'm saying it's nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as I said, like, dude, it would be so cool to have this be like a full like. As the main, as the main family, as as the Atreides family, have a full like Hispanic cast. I or will even... grant you. I will grant you that Chalamet is the whitest white, 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 whitey that's ever whited. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, as much as I enjoy this movie, it's just like when I'm, he just needs to get a haircut and stop being. He could give like him and Adam Driver's fucking Kylo Ren could have a brooding stare off. And brood off, <laughs> a brood off. Yeah. You think Kalorin would give him, him by... some, some run for his money in the brood off? Yeah, you think Kalorin would beat him by just with his thickness of his chest? Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, <than> <laughs> Adam Driver's a man's man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but 
but as I said, it's just a nitpicky thing. It's but like other than that, like uh, Denis Villeneuve, he has this great visual language that he does. Like you can yeah. see it in all his movies, and it's just he has perfected it. It's so well done. And even though I feel like this movie could have been like two times longer, and I probably still would have, he he has done a good job with the uh, constraints that he has given. So there you go. That's my review. I'm not going to spoil anything other okay. than that. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's go to uh, the spoiler himself. Just a warning. <laughs> spoiler, alert. Spoil. spoiler alert. Yeah, so. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Y'all. Let's go ahead with Jaren. All right. Jaren, what did you think uh, of? Oh, I thought you were introducing yourself. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, first and foremost, uh, very diverse cast. Um, although I do have diverse to say... Cast. I disagree. Uh, I was not a believer in Chalamet. I haven't really ever seen him in anything that uh, I think I enjoyed him in, or at least was memorable that I could remember. But I, I'm 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 on board with Chalamet. I I thought he was. Uh, uh, I thought the acting this from him. I mean, he had an entire amazing cast around him, and they all fucking delivered, in my opinion. But uh, he, I thought he carried it well. Um, the directing let's have a conversation man this world felt lived in it felt old it felt ancient it felt like it felt like it was a a gross factory that had been strip mined and ripped out with other people real fast like it all felt like that things broke things didn't work right that the the airlift thing that couldn't clasp right because it's a piece of shit and it's old and they had to watch their uh, uh spice digger get eaten by the sandworm phenomenal um he is the director has such an amazing eye for scale. He framed some of these shots so incredibly well. So you got this beautiful idea of how people stood like human height next to some of these massive ships that they were landing in with and stuff like that. I fucking love that about it. Um, obviously they, uh, in, you know, it's weird. Cause in the first movie, the, the original planet they were on where they came from, uh, it was, yeah, it was just it was just some stock footage of like L.A. Pier, but uh, yeah. but here it was like it was the O.C. Yeah, <laughs> but in this one it was you know Ireland, so it was I'm all about it. <laughs> That's Ireland. I know that. That's yeah, just, I was like, well, that's the best place in the world. <laughs> straight up, put some more in that moment. Uh, no, I mean I don't. I actually don't know if it's Ireland. It fucking looked like Ireland. It could have been Scotland to be fair. But uh, uh, well, yeah, the. The houses, I, I like. They, I thought they did a really good job because I, you know, I had known the story, but it's been a long time since I watched it. So this is more of a refresher for me. So maybe that helped me. But I thought that they dripped like the necessary story in where they like into conversation better. Uh, in the first one, they had a lot of was like lot inner of monologue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of voiceover. We're gonna talk and- to you about. 25 minutes of this movie about what's going on real quick. Well, that Let's all sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. stare into the middle distance as I get slower and slower like, closer to you with my camera for 10 minutes. Yeah, no, that didn't happen in this. I thought they weaved a very complex, very dense story. I thought they did a good job of kind of dripping it into uh, dialogue that can carry along. Um, yeah, no, I... I I, the, I, my only issue with this movie is that he set out, the director set out to write 
one movie, The Hero's Journey. And he agreed right at the rip to split it in half. And he didn't make a uh, three-act distinction yeah. for both movies. He said, first act, we're going to start the second act, we're going to get to a point, and then fuck you. We'll see you the next year. Over. We'll see you next year. <laughs> You're going to get the second half of the second act and then the third act. There's no complete movie here it is definitely a poke in the fucking eye if you want a complete story you feel that way okay i feel differently but we'll, we'll, on my turn i'll talk oh, about that okay. go ahead movie's over right here i felt the ramp up like that whole fight happened i'm like yeah let's go let's do this let's see what happens oh next 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 time okay all right to be continued got it all right cool <laughs> so yeah, yeah i would, I would say I would say like a lot of stuff in the trailer, like especially the first trailer, uh, doesn't really happen in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude never has blue eyes in this. Yeah, why <laughs> I well, like a he, he, he does have blue eyes in, it, in his uh, his flash forward. Oh, in his dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. But things okay. that the movie, the trailer makes yeah. you think is a part of the movie are not like a part like of Zendaya movie, at all. <laughs> yeah, like Zendaya. <laughs> oh, well. Heavily the, featured the, in, the, in the in the trailers, not the, the, movie. the less the better. I'm fine with that. Uh, oh fuck you, Jason. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, boo. She's come on, man. We'll we'll have a we'll have a separate discussion about her one day. We'll, okay. Zendaya, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Is there any black actors you like <laughs> that's up and coming? <laughs> Denzel, The Rock. Oh my God, Will Denzel. Smith. John Bodega. I mean, I can go through a list. I, I, I have a lot of them. It's just y'all like the anyway. Well, again, we'll have that discussion another day for yeah, another show. Like, and those maybe on my list too. <laughs> maybe a pre-show conversation about anyway. Plus, plus and Dan, plus Michael B. Jordan. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just joking with. You. I'm just I'm just jostling you, Jason. You have go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I was letting Jared finish. Sorry, I didn't. Oh, that that, that was it. That that yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Jason, tell us. Okay, you know, I mean, we we you know you shit on this thing. Come on, Jay. <laughs> nah, man. Dune Dune done did it, did it again, did the damn thing. You know, Dune done did it, damn damn, all that. All the D's got to work in this sentence now. But no, this is probably the most beautiful sci-fi movie I've probably ever seen. That like from beginning to end, it's amazing. And as we were talking in the pre-show before we started recording, like I told Jason, he knows the big this book is boring as fuck. Like, I've read three-fourths of Dune. I didn't finish Dune because it's so boring to me that I was like, I'm good. I'm going to put this, uh, you know, journal-sized book off in the corner. But he knows that this, the first part, is not really the most exciting thing to behold and see. So the fact that he could capture you with the visuals and hold you there for all through the part that's a slog to get to where it ramps up is a very impressive feat. I was attuned to the TV the whole time because it felt like every single shot meant something. It felt like every single scene was a build to something. Even if it didn't, the fact that how it was shot and how it was presented to you, you felt like you were seeing something important, which I will say on the negative side, once you start getting near the end, it gets exhausting because you're like, hold on, is this supposed to be? Hold on, is it like you're just trying to take in everything because you don't want to miss anything? But the point is, is that he knows what this book was. And a lot of people don't think this book could have ever been adapted to a movie. So the fact that he's able to capture attention with the visuals and some of the sound and let's just be real. The, the actors that are in here that are taking the lead for this first one are all very charismatic. I mean, we talked about mm -hmm. Jason Momoa. We talked about Eric, uh, Oscar Isaac, right. but we didn't talk about probably the most, I feel charismatic and most, I guess the most appealing person on here. I mean, Rebecca Ferguson's amazing in this. 
She is yeah. freaking amazing in this. And if you were going to keep it real, she is what ties this whole story together because yeah. of her position in the if, with the father to the son. I love the fact that this is one of the first movies I got to see. Yeah, right, right, right. It was one of the first movies that I felt like that we didn't have to do the whole the strong kingly father disapproves of the weenie son and you got to earn my like this was a loving family. Like you felt like they were a unit and that they actually loved each other and I want to be the trainees. Right, right, right. They wanted his son to exceed. He wanted his son to eventually take over and all this great stuff. I thought that was beautiful. The anguish on Rebecca Ferguson, the mother, when she had to send him in. With the, the shorty to, to see if he had powers and she knows what this test is going to be like. And she's anguished because, like, her son could die. And it, it's just Rebecca and Ferguson, that, shout out to her. Like, that whole sequence, ahead. too, where they didn't have to spell it out for you, but to tell you how important that, like, uh, sect was to her when you had Oscar Isaac point Blake ask her when he it came to mind, he was like, I need to know you will protect our son. Right, she's right like, with right, my right. life. He's like, I need to hear you say it. That's how mo- that's how impactful. That's how powerful that that whole sect is. And you got that communicated with just the worry on his face and that line delivered. And that's all you needed to know about their influence and how powerful they were and what the the acolytes were willing to do to you know. I was like, that's awesome. Really well. Right. And so, uh, so shout out to Rebecca Ferguson for this one. But going in, into the movie, um. This movie makes you want to drop IMAX money. And that's rare for mm-hmm. me because I ain't trying to watch no shit on no IMAX. Even when Christopher Nolan comes out with some stuff and I'm like, oh, some of the scenes are filming. I'll be like, nah, I'm good. And that brings me to my main point of this. Uh, I'm going to call him Dennis the Menace. My man, he hasn't made a bad movie that I've seen from Blade Runner to this, from Escape to Prisoner. I haven't seen a bad movie from him. And a lot of people have compared him to Nolan in the fact of how they set shots and how they do things. But he has one key thing that makes him so much doper than Nolan. Nolan gets caught up in the core premise of what his idea is in his movies, and you never care about the characters. You care too much about what the idea is. Look at Inception. Look at Tenet. Like, you get so caught up in what the idea of what the movie is that the characters don't mean as much. He is all about the characters. I mean, Blade Runner, you you remove for Harrison Ford from majority of the movie and put a new character in place, and you fall in love with... Oh, it's just... He builds these worlds and he builds these characters to a point that you're interested in what their evolution is. You're interested in what their plight is. You're interested in their story. Even the exterior characters, you know, it feels so lived in that you wonder what led them to this point. Uh, the best thing I always think about is in the beginning of Blade Runner, when he comes to Batista's home and that whole <laughs> exchange. Like, I want to know Batista's life. And in that same moment when he snuffed out, I actually felt bad but because i i feel like this he, he lived a life that i was worth living that was worth seeing so and he was the fact able that, to do that in one scene exactly and so the fact that he's able to build these characters like that now i remember my first thing was i hated the main lead i was like oh this dude's terrible blah blah, blah. but then as the movie continued you started to see his confidence build you started to see his command build you started to see that he is Almost to the point that he's trying to live in those shoes and live up to the to the image he's supposed to be. So I thought that was good development. I think Homeboy does have the acting chops to pull off what is supposed to come in the second half if they are granted to do the second part of it. Because near the end, I started seeing that he was coming from that boy to a man situation. Like the whole duel, the fight and all that. And shout out to Javier. Because Javier yeah. and is just oh my everything, God. bro. Yeah, they everything. He, he steals the <laughs> scene when he walks in there and, and yes. 
does the spit, and they're like, "What? Oh, it's just so good." Oh God. So the the only real negative that I have in there is um, don't do my man Aquaman like that, man. He was my favorite part of the movie. He was always gonna die. Oh, I know. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! He gets cloned. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but like, don't do my man like that. I was all for that, man. That, that was my dude. Um, that's like my biggest. And now going to your point of where it shuts off, like, I think it's the proper place to stop, and I think it does do a complete movie because we have to keep in mind you two knowing the whole scope of it. But for the movie's sake, the problem with the ending is because if they would have pulled, the villains weren't fleshed out enough to understand that where it ended at, the villains had succeeded in one. The movie is that. The, the first part of this movie is the villains have a plan. They execute their plan. They won. End of the movie. But because we're used to the hero winning at the end, and it stops, yeah. we're like, oh, this sucks because we didn't see what we thought was the hero's journey. If you look at it from the perspective of the villain, the villains won and the movie ends there. So now, if you want to go, quote unquote, the Empire has to strike back. Part two is going to be him starting to build himself to be able to fight this threat because he's lost everything he's lost technically everything he's lost the kingdom he's lost all of his air his hair and all this stuff like that so the movie ended i hate to say in a perspective of yes the whole movie was about setting up the world which we know but also the second part of the movie was who's going to win between this setup from the villain versus our heroes well the villain won and i think it just feels a, something abrupt stop because we're not used to the fucking villain winning and I think they just gave us that fight scene at the end just to be like, hey, you waited this long. Let's give you something cool at the end. Because that's the only reason really is, I mean, it's there to build other stuff. But the only reason it's really placed like that is to be like, hey, we'll give you something to leave out of here for so you won't be completely pissed off. And then homie, homeboy right, right in the sandworm is pretty dope too to end on too as well. But that's why I said I felt like the ending wasn't, oh, well, we're not going to finish anything. Well, because they finished what the movie, the, what it was about. Like one, one party was like, I want to destroy those fuckers. The other party was like, no, we just want to make a living. Well, the party you want to destroy one game over. So <laughs> that's why I didn't have a problem where it ended. But also I, I likened it to, and I hate likening it to the Lord of the Rings thing, but the movies itself where Fellowship ends with a spot where I think it's like the accomplishment had been done. The, the Fellowship had brought them together, been brought together. The Fellowship had dispersed. That's the end of the movie. Well, for this one, the bad guys won. End of the movie. And so hopefully this gets this part two. And then we get to see more of this journey and then that we can actually feel like we have some resolution or some get back for the good guys. So that's why I didn't have an issue where it landed. But I've heard more people say they felt like he just ended abruptly. But I was like, there's nothing more left to do unless you want to watch a Rocky training montage and then him build an army. And then, like I'm saying, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, the next steps of this process. 30 minutes to a three-hour movie. <laughs> right, right. The next steps of these processes is him trying to build the get back, which... It should be a whole movie in itself so we can get the complexity of this new area, of these new people, of like, again, this world building we just got in the first part. We have to do this kind of all over again with this new group of people while progressing our heroes. So, um, yeah, that's my review. Again, I liked it. I loved it, man. I thought it was good. I mean, and to Jason, to your point, now that I've, I'm thinking about it, you can also say that the movie ends when his innocent ends, his innocence ends. Yeah. You know, like the whole entire time he's kind of like, trying to fight his sort of like growing up he's kind of like i don't know if i want to be the leader of your whole entire house i don't know if i want to you know fight the good fight against the harkins or whatever like that and, you know and there's a lovely scene where oscar is it's in the fucking trailer but i still loved it in the movie where he's like you're all you got to be is my kid that's all i ever wanted to be. 
Yeah. But right, right. when he ends up, you know, after, you know, his home is taken away from him, you know, his family is taken away from him, all his things Earth, are taken right. away from him, yeah. he has to grow up. And in that moment, he has to end his childhood by fighting a grown ass man and killing him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Jaron, last words on Dune, your thoughts, last words, and we'll get yeah. my rating and wrap this up. Yeah, it's interesting you uh, you threw it up against Nolan. I, I I kept comparing him to another director too, but it was Ridley Scott. Uh, Ridley Scott mm, does good. a lot that's of those, uh, and I just think that uh, our boy here uh, just does a lot of what Ridley Scott does, but with infinitely more interesting characters, especially but when better. we talk about like Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, not like some Facts. Of these, not not his older stuff because Alien was dope, but I'm yeah, just, yeah mm. compared to like Prometheus. Um, but yeah, Let's go ahead uh, into our ratings. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what do you give Dune? A one. This movie's too... No. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say... I was, you, over. I was like, what? <laughs> we don't get a lot of stuff like this that isn't a Star Wars or Star Trek movie. So 4.5, my friends. All right, that's big. Jaron, what do you give it? I mean, go... I watched this on HBO Max. I'm going to go see it in the theater before it's uh, it's taken out of rotation at the theater because this movie deserves a theater. So I'm going to yes. give it a 4.5 as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, me and Jerry agree on something. High five. <laughs> well, that makes all three of us, man. I will give it a 4.5, man. The only reason hey, I'm not giving whoa. it a five. One reason Party. I'm not giving it a five is because, again, like, yeah, I, I don't mind looking at Zadea. So I think it's like I the first time we've ever like so hundred <laughs> percent agreed on a score. Yeah. This is like a momentous occasion. Yeah, it's guys. huge. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Boring content. You Fuck y'all. I'm gonna give it a four point two. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you thought about Doom because you guys have been letting us know about what you think about our other opinions in the comment section. We love hearing your comments, and like we always said, we will read your comments out loud. And if you ever want to come on the show. Please. And debate us about how you feel about it. We are more than welcome to sit here, and we have an extra part of the screen yeah. around there that could just be we can your get four boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we can <laughs> yes, hire we Jaren for two more boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you're white, we are accepting application. I mean, oh, I can't say that on here. We'll, we'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> we'll cover up the clip art with your face. It'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, with that being said, uh, let's move on to our next thing we're going to review, which is going to be Injustice, a DC animated series, Injustice based off of the video game, I believe, and comic book. I believe the video game was first, and then they made the video comic book first, second. And then comic book came, but so, both are pretty good. <laughs> we're going to talk about Injustice, and I'm going to kick this off with you, Jaren. What did you think about the DCU Injustice, DCAU, excuse me, Injustice uh, cartoon? Yeah, you got to put that A in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Y'all saw what they, they did to The Flash, right? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alerts, guys. Spoilers. One point <laughs> Moving on. Man, I'm tired of this shit. He is a uh, speedster is one of the most powerful things you can have on in these. It just is. And I it's a cheat card. Yeah, you got it. How, like if you're a speedster, you're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I hate how they just cripple him with bad writing and uh just <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to talk. This hurts. This hurts my soul, man. Y'all go ahead. I don't even want to. <laughs> okay, you don't want to do it. I'll, I'll go second, and then we'll let uh, Jason back, back closing. Uh, so Injustice, and Injustice Anywhere is an Injustice Everywhere. That is how I feel about this movie. Because there's so many injustices to this 
that it it um, like it makes me almost hate it because it's so much good <laughs> material that they either alter to be different or have a different meaning or they just didn't put it in there at all. So first things first, this should have been like five or six movies. You mm-hmm. should have slow walked this through. This first one yes. should have been showing how not even the world being perfect, but showing how perfect Superman's life is and even getting a little bit of conflict with Batman on a different perspective, maybe Batman being too brutal and Superman being too light and going through that. Then when the incident happens, we should have been able to go through half of this movie with the grief, with him losing his his significant other and his kid, and with the other person eventually losing pretty much his son. We should have had almost a grief off, but the actions and moves going in there. This movie should have set up for Superman to become more of a hardened guy because once you start down the path that Superman's going, it it ultimately is going to lead to being a dictator. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's no other way to end that. So I hated that this movie tried to do all of it at once. The biggest injustice of this all is, and I hate to say I agree with Jaron here, not not only nerfing the Flash, but not because of his power set. Why nerfing the chess match? No, 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 (laughs) no. But I'm saying like. But the, hold on, but hear me out. The chess match between Superman oh, and the yeah. Flash is probably the most important moment of that thing. Also, the fact that they're having this chess match almost in light speed would have been so cool to see animated as they would have done this. Instead, they supplemented with Mr. Terrific. Hey, I'm all for diversity, but it felt like that was literally a diversity hire. They were like, <laughs> hey, we need some more color in this movie. And again, I said I like Mr. Terrific too, but this yeah. literally felt like you put him yeah. there because he's smart, but we needed a black guy. Like, literally, that's the only reason he was there. And so having that moment where they discuss moving guns and what this can lead to and blah, 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 was a great moment. But that should have been with The Flash because even in Injustice, The Flash always did what was right. Yeah, he rolled with Superman majority, but a couple of times he saves Batman and the crew because Superman's gone too far or Superman's got to kill again and Flash didn't want that to happen. Having him be almost Switzerland, would have been a great look for that movie. And that would have been able to overcome the fact that a, a speedster is overpowered because he wouldn't have been particularly helping extremely either side. That's a right. better way to nerf him than what you did to him in the movie. So I hated that. I hated the chess match was different. I hated the fact that the second real most brutal scene of this all, the, the, the Joker rave party, how they portrayed that in the movie. Yeah. That's another he that's that is the moment in the books where he's gone too far now, where it's gone too far to the point that it's like he's no longer redeemable because these were innocents, regardless of what their ideology was, they were still innocents because his war was against stopping criminals from doing things to innocents. When he did that to the innocents, that was the moment he became yeah. you have to treat that with such an epic moment. Like I'm talking about Hans Zimmerman. Uh, uh, musical score, like you gotta go all in. Yeah, yes, you have to go all (laughs) in on the brutality there because you need to understand that this is the moment where he's no longer the guy that is hope in a change. He's now just a dictator and if you go against his rule, you end this way. They handled that poorly. That's the problem with all of this, this whole movie is that all the moments that are supposed to make the mythos of this universe because this is a what if, you just completely slaughtered him. It's like, oh, we need to get this movie over with, so let's roll in credits and it's like... Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess. Um, it could have used the John Woo treatment. The doves releasing slow motion. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Smiling violins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> making making Wonder Woman almost relegated her to just a lovesick woman for Superman. 
because that that scene of the misfire doesn't need to happen because you never set that up that she was actually in this zone. Now, people who read the books, we know she's in that zone. But if you watch the movie, you never know she's in that zone until she tries to pull it. So now it makes her look like not only an asshole and a jerk, but actually just like a love struck, love struck woman that's after a super powerful man. It means nothing. It has no influence. And then even that moment is supposed to show into Superman's grief for his loss. It just comes off as this chick tried to take advantage of a vulnerable man and it didn't work. That's what it reeks of. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just so much. It's so much wrong with this. So much wrong with this. I'm gonna let Jason finish because I know I rattled all and rambled. Go, go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish, man. Because <laughs> also I'm in, good. in in the uh, comic books, this makes her look like she's wishy washy too. Because in the comic books. She's about that life. Like, when she was oh, like, 100%. A, she's not like, she's about, she's like, yes, we should have been doing this from the beginning. <laughs> 100%. Um, oh, sorry. And the last thing, I had one more thing. The, the animation on Batman and a lot of some of these things is very questionable. I don't know if that was a, a like a tongue in cheek thing because I remember the original Injustice Cards uh, comic book, Batman was drawn like mad crazy looking and they had to go back and redo other copies to make the animation, I mean, the drawings better for them. I wonder if that was a thing in here because some of the looks on Batman is just god awful. Like <laughs> I'm surprised Jaron Jer- didn't even bring that up. It is god awful. You're not going to spend looks. you know 16 hours of your day drawing something that you hate, right? like just for the fun, <laughs> just for a joke. Okay, you're not going to yeah. do that. <laughs> you know? Okay, um, sorry, Jason. Go ahead. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about uh, the art style. Like I, I'm going to talk about the technical aspects of this uh, that I hated it. The, if you uh, watched the previous, like the Mortal Kombat movies. They have, I guess, the same studio did this as though as as this one. And there's this thing that they do in the character designs where they have these black lines on their knuckles, and mm-hmm. it's like, and they don't ever go away. And it always makes me think like people are wearing gloves or something has happened to their hands. Because if you notice, like shadow doesn't work; it doesn't stay as you move around. But in like from talking about like uh, the last Halloween. Uh, and yeah. I didn't even like that art style. That art style is loads better than this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it's it, it it feels to me like now the DC Universe syndrome has infected the animated <laughs> portion of the DC Universe, and that is sad. Yeah, bring back the <laughs> Justice League artists and animators. Yeah, those guys are great. Tim, you know, uh, um, Bruce, Bruce Tim and, and Paul Dini. and Paul Dini and all those other good guys. Obviously, not Dwayne McDuffie because he's dead, but you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this isn't injustice. It is. It's only injustice. The name, like as you said, this should be like either a TV series or a series of movies because a it doesn't ever go far enough to like even match the story of the comic book and B it's just like all the characterizations are wrong and off. Um, like the moment where Nightwing dies, it just didn't. I'm sorry. That was a spoiler. I'm sorry. Oh, guys. Yeah, it is, it, the, the book's been out for forever. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah, read yeah. the books at all. That's on them at this point. One 13 spoiler. <laughs> one 13 spoiler. <laughs> it's me today this week. It's not Jane, everybody. It's me today. Hey guys, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Though Jason hinted to it at the beginning of it. So, but yeah, but yeah. it didn't even hit because, like, I remember reading that in the book and been like, like, upset, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. it was, because mm-hmm. like, it was such a, a, uh, it, a, it was a built up moment, you know, they built to it. And B, it was like, you know, in this combo, in the show, it's kind of like, 
oh, Nightwing, I mean, uh, Robin throws the thing and the, the baton hits him and just instantly kills him. And mm-hmm. he, like, it just, he's a straight murderer at that point. But in yeah. the comic book, he throws it, you know, as out of rage and it hits him, but it doesn't kill him. What happens to kills him is he falls awkwardly and breaks his neck. You yeah, know, on a rock. Yes. On a rock. <laughs> so it's like, it was really just an accident that happened. And like, you know, but Batman being in his emotions because his son, his firstborn son died, you know, that's how he gets, you know, you know, the rift between him and Damien starts. But it's just like, and this, they just flow, like, rush right through it. And like, yeah. ah, yeah, it's not. Or, a or just, one. just one, and I forgot it too. Oh, now you make me think about one of those movies, it makes me just matter. <laughs> like the whole Dead Man thing, which was yeah. epic in the books because of the, the absence between that moment makes it yeah. so earned and worth it to just throw that in there ran oh my god it's so terrible I, that was I'm, a I'm year two that. revelation that was a whole nother comic line after the year yeah. one shit oh, <laughs> you know? dc be russian that's all yeah. they do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is it an does, injustice it's, it just <laughs> doesn't do this injustice. movie any justice it doesn't do the story any justice no, whatsoever it is an injustice yeah. they were correct in naming the movie that <laughs> oh my god um, yeah You've, yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you guys. No, no, no more. I'm, I'm Darren. I don't want to talk about it no more. Yeah. All right, I Jared, had fun. What's your rating? What's your rating on this, Jared? Uh, people did work on this, and they were animators <laughs> employed. I'm gonna give this a solid 1.2. <laughs> One point. Okay. Um, I'm gonna be completely real with it, man. Fuck this shit. I give it a zero, man. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. Wow. No. No, it's no, no. If you hadn't seen the rated comic, I then if you hadn't read the comic, I'll say it's probably a two. All right, but outside of that, f this thing, man. All right, well, uh, yeah, I would suggest uh, don't read the comic book and then watch this movie, or just read the comic book. But if you don't want to read because you're literate or whatever, I don't know your life. uh, And you can watch this movie, and you might find some enjoyment out of it. So I will give it a one point five. There, yeah, right. there's, there's some there's some slightly cool shit with Superman, but that's it. Everything <laughs> else sucks around it. Sucks more yeah. ass than Jaren does. <laughs> hey, listen, do, I do mean, if you don't if you don't eat ass, are you even really having like? Are you dating anymore? No, you're not, <laughs> you're not dating. That's how the world works, my dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can stay single if you want, or you can eat that ass. <laughs> I love you. All right, let's go girls ahead. demand a higher quality of man these days. All I'm saying, <laughs> you gotta be better. I'm just saying, yeah, you just gotta, gotta be better. Get good, man. All, right. Good. All right, we're jumping right into a kids movie right after that conversation. Yes. We're going to jump kids. into Ron Gone Wrong, an animated offering from I don't know who did the animated offering, but it's the animated offering that was in theaters that I guess nobody heard about because I was in the empty theater with my daughters watching Thank this you. on Saturday. So all by myself. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'll go ahead and jumpstart this one. Um, Ron has gone on and gave us the wrong idea about technology because none of this stuff is real. Like technology is not how it works. And I was very frustrated. They were like, hey, we're just going to make up technology because it's a kid's movie. Um, the problem I have more than with this movie is what's the messaging here? Like for most kids movies, I feel like it's supposed to be entertaining and fun, but also have a slight little message, even if the message isn't thrown in your face, but something that should leave your kids being better human beings when they leave out of the movie. And then maybe this, maybe that's the only me that feels the way about kids movies. 
I feel like that's usually some of the premise here. But what's the messaging here? Is the messaging that is too much screen time? Is it too much social media? Is it, hey, you should make real friends with a fake friend? Is it, well, we should make things that have no mind and AI have the ability to say yes and no and do whatever they want? Like, what, what, what's the messaging here? Like, I mean, this movie should have been about, it's, this should have been a simple boy and his dog story, but a boy and his bot story. And this movie became a commentary on social media. It became a commentary on friendships and human interaction, which they completely did the wrong way because they kept geeking a robot, being the reason these people were socially interacting rather than people interacting with human beings. <laughs> I digress. Was it a commentary on like evil social media and it can take your data and spy on? Like, what was the message going on here? Or was they just like, hey, we had this cool idea. Let's make a commentary on social media, but then we do still like our shit. Like what? Like, what? <laughs> so it's a lot to like about this. And I admit, I tear it up sometimes when he had his moments in the woods and sometimes when he was being a straight a-hole to Ron and it's some good, 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 good moments in here. All the good moments deal with Ron and Abulus, excuse me, Barney. All, that's all the good moments deal with here. Everything else that's surrounding it is just god awful because there's no main point to it. And you just threw it in there because I guess your movie had to say more than just the boy being with his bot. And also, last thing too, and I'm going to let you guys have it. I'm going to give off the time on here because I feel like Injustice got me so riled up that this one is making his beating over. <laughs> I'm, I tired have of the, yeah, I'm tired <laughs> of the, the freaking foreigner don't know American trope. Jesus Christ. Can we can we figure oh, something else out that make people funnier and more enjoyable? You talking about like, the grandma? Yeah, man. Like, like, come on, man. Like, we gotta we gotta stop this, man. It's we're taking it too far because you know what? It's been, I'm not saying it creates xenophobia, but it makes it for sure easy for people to be like, oh, well, they don't speak good English, so they must not like stop it. Stop they don't the speak trope, English man. well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what those moments where I speak American and not English. So, <laughs> so but it's, AV, it's man, just a, AV. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bad trope, and it's a played-out trope in this era where everybody knows everything about American culture because everything in American culture usually goes to all of the world. That's why other parts of the world usually know two languages, their own and English. But it, it just, I'm so tired of that trope. But I digress. I enjoyed it. I think it's a good, solid kids movie. I just wish the messaging would have made a decision and just stuck with that. And made it what it was, a boy and his dog story, just with a bot instead of all the other crap they tried to throw in here to make you feel like they were trying to tell you something important that wasn't. And I do have one more last one, but I'm going to save it to the response. Go ahead. Let's go ahead to, <laughs> all right. to Jaren. What are your thoughts on this? All right. So we've seen this movie before, at least the basic premise, uh, and it's been done better in Big Hero 6 and The Iron Giant. Uh, boy and his robot. Yep, yep, yep. That's a thing that's yep. happened, and it's been done better. I do love uh, I, I let me just say overall, I, I, I guess I enjoyed this movie. I'm kind of, I'm kind of split on it. Zach Galifianakis is a professional comedian and his timing voicing the robot, the comedic timing in it was funny. There were a couple like actual, like laugh out loud moments for me with the robot. Um, there were a couple emotional moments for me with the robot. Like you're talking about in the woods and stuff. Um, I think this movie had a very clear message. It was a biting commentary on big tech 
and social media and how damaging it is to children. In this world, these, none of these kids have a fucking cell phone. All of them have B-Bots because a B-Bot is a cell phone that they can ride around like a vehicle, which is a crazy fun idea, but I mean, also wildly unsafe. And I don't think any parent would actually let their kid ride a, ride their cell phone around like, uh, you know, to school and shit. Um, I thought it was weird how quick the school adapted and got charging base for them to keep them out of the classrooms. Uh, I don't know how that worked out exactly. Um, you live in a good neighborhood. Yeah, is, is that what it was? That was a very small town. It didn't look like <laughs> uh, The ending felt super cheap uh, because I'd already heard Baymax do the exact same thing that uh, the B-Bot did at the end. Uh, I mean, almost word for word, you know, it was tragic. I was like, why does this seem so familiar? Oh, that's right. Big Hero 6. Baymax already made the big sacrifice. So we already been there. And I, he almost sounded the same when he did it. It was ridiculous. Um, it I did like how absolutely broken uh, his uh, uh, Ron felt uh, after seeing what the things were supposed to do when they were hooked up to all the social media. Like the fact that he just hadn't downloaded a patch and was on his day one patch didn't fully download so he wasn't able to function correctly i'm like that in and of itself is a fucking hilarious like idea i love that idea because that's exactly how we do things it's it's how we do now <laughs> you know you buy something for 800 and if you can't plug it up to the network it's you bought an 800 paperweight so um <laughs> yep so again commentary uh i thought the commentary was basically a big middle finger to big tech and also just the dangers of social media and how if we rely on the idea of the persona we're putting out or believe the persona that other people are putting out, we're missing out on the reality that there is around us, which I thought was pretty, it fucking crammed it into your face as far as I was concerned, maybe a bit too much. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe you got that message from that, but I'm going to rebut in a minute. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, bring it, bring it in, bring it in. What do you got? Because they literally went to the opposite way on that, literally with the opposite way but when, okay okay when, i love it when, i love when, your passion jason i love yeah, it yeah. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead just go ahead <laughs> uh no that then that was that was i mean yeah that was it uh like i said if if it wasn't for like zach galifianakis making the robot like super enjoyable and again his comedic timing was good um this would have been a real paint by the numbers kind of off Broadway kind of, you know, thing. So I'm glad that this, I'm glad it, 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 I think it elevated above the sum of its parts in certain aspects In other aspects. I think it, it, it was just marginal. So, I mean, like I said, I'm torn on it. Uh, stay tuned for my point system scale. Later. All right. Jason, Duke of all nerds. what do you think of this movie? Uh, I don't think anything this movie. I didn't see it. I was too busy uh, chasing raccoons into trash cans and drinking Bud Lights in Florida. So, <laughs> good old Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is outside. We put that you on trash can duty. Yeah, well, you this know, is what you just do in Florida, nice. man. Have you never yeah, been yeah, to Florida? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he he lived there. I lived there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so while I say I, I kick back on this abiding commentary on social media and not being good for kids, okay, yes, it is the scene where, like, oh, the chick feels bad because she's getting all the unpopular unlikes and all that, and the guy feels bad because his pranks aren't working. So the, the solution to this was 
hey, you can have your buddy bot, but now he could choose or not if he wants to record you or not. He could choose or not if he wants to take filming film of you or not. Because you know what? They can choose what they want to do now, like automated AI. So next thing you know, if he decides it just, you know, wants to not listen to humans, it could do that because it was doing that to the kids. It was like, hey, you didn't stay within six feet of me. And he took off. Like, it didn't say that we shouldn't be on social media. It just said that, hey, you know what? Our friends should be robots. That was the commentary at the end. They didn't make any better interpersonal relationships. It that didn't say, what... hey, you know what? Move the robot away from you and talk to human beings. They were mm. still talking through their B-bots. And then we get to the point that they were like maybe babysitting their B-bots. And that, that's, what the, that's what it was. Like It didn't say like, oh, well, social media is bad. And like, no, it should have ended, Jaren. Remember how the father was like, oh, just play in the woods like me and my friends would have did. That's how it should have ended. It should have been with all the kids playing outside on recess with no B-bots. And that would have been like, oh, that's the commentary. No. It was like, no, we just took away that this thing could do all the things that it did for you before. Now you have to just treat it like a babysitter. Like, remember that keychain where you had to feed them? Tamagotchi, Tamagotchi. Yes, <laughs> it was that. It became that. That's what it came. A handheld, okay. a live version version of that. But all the kids were also hanging out with each other and the B-Bots were around. It's just, it it, it, it is analogous <laughs> to their cell phone. In the, in, the, in the beginning of the movie, they were all just hanging out with their B-Bot. And they were they weren't interacting with each other at uh, the children weren't interacting with each other at the end. All the children were hanging around each other, and their bebots were still circling. But you know, it is what it is. I, they it, were playing with their bebots. They were playing with as their bebots. <laughs> introvert, I find the fact that they be robots as friends to be the best thing. <laughs> well, that, that was the bad guy's plan at the end. He was like, "Don't actually hang out with your friends. Just hang out with your robot pal." That's that. No, that new... was the actual creators. I did too because when he saw Ron, he was like, "That was my idea for the for the beatbots to be like your best friend." Did you forget all this part when the Indian dude no, was like, yeah, yeah. "That's why I want to meet Ron because Ron is what I really imagined, like the right. robot being your best friend." But, like, the, social, but the social media <laughs> addiction came from the interconnected and all that shit. That. That was the all, all the monetization of the children. Uh, that was when you saw the four different screens of them in like the HQ, and you've got the one kid that's obsessed with being the high score in the video game because he's attached his self worth to being the high score of the video game. Then you've got the other guy who's attached his self worth to whether or not people watch his tragic prank videos. Then you've got the girl who was popular, but now she's a poop, you know, uh, meme, and that pisses her off. And then you've got the other girl who is taking pictures of that that really tragic thing where you you put your own shoes together yeah, in a like, circle again, and you take it, a picture of thing we're having a party. off when technology is still the guiding force between all their friendships and relationships we're going to have technology, technology still was the thing yeah, i mean people, kids still i mean if you if you were to if you were to turn off instagram uh you would still have kids texting each other they're still going to use technology to communicate that's just the world we live in but it doesn't need to be a thousand percent their only way to do it and it's my point like the messaging was messed up the messaging wasn't anti-tech the messaging was anti yeah yeah it, <laughs> the messaging wasn't that hey we should build human bonds and relationships outside it was literally no we use technology to build human bonds and relationships the only thing different is that we're just not doing it to all the people in australia people that we don't know that was the only difference and i'm like that isn't a non-reliance on social that's just a reliance on technology to still make you worth it like percent value yes it was tied into her instagram followers and likes and all that absolutely mm -hmm. but no difference in the fact that she still ain't got no friends like they still didn't have technical friendships mm -hmm. only reason those other four people got together as friends is because they were friends before they had b-bots it still wasn't a thing like it was just like oh no we just have b-bots now that we that, that are still our thing that we do like they were babysitting these motherfuckers like 
It was. It's just <laughs> insane. It, it's insane. I mean, Again, it, I get the, the point that you're trying to say. The fact that we're having this, the fact that we're having this dialogue means that they failed at delivering a cogent and well thought out message. That's well, that's a big word. That's cogent. for sure. Yeah, but that's my I, that was my argument. That. Like the mis- the messaging was mixed. That's what I said. The messaging yeah. was mixed. They, they they could have been a little more <laughs> concise about how they were delivering it. That, but so you're agreeing with my review that the messaging was off. Like it wasn't it was mixed. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I got it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, then let's go on to the rating scale. Jason has none because he has not seen it, but he did get some good uh, raccoons and possums down there in Jayville. How, how many, how, how many raccoons do you give this, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> three raccoons in a can. <laughs> three, three raccoons. Yeah, three raccoons in a trash can. Tiny oh, hands. What do you, what do you give? Wrong, go wrong. For your, for your score. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, the animation. I had some minor quibbles with the animation. It wasn't always great. Um, you could tell it's kind of a younger studio. Uh, the story was a bit muddy for what it was, and but. Like I said, uh, Ron was super likable, and the kid did a good job. Like the voice acting was all right, so I'm gonna give it a 2.7. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a two. I just think it just did. It didn't hit the what I need for the check marks for a kids movie, and that's just my internal thing. People may enjoy it more than I, but I give it a two because it is. It is some parts in it that are really heartfelt. It is yeah. some parts in it that are just fun. Um, you know, the part where he was like, Oh, I never programmed him to laugh, and he was like, like, there's some good things in there. It just it just didn't hit my kid movie checklist. So I'm gonna give it a two. See it at your own peril. Uh, <laughs> um, if you guys disagree with Ron gone wrong, or if you want to tell me and Jaron that we were wrong or one of us was right, please comment below. Let us know. We love when people bring in their comments and tell us that you know we don't know what the hell right. we're talking about. Or agree with one of us and the rest of us can go to hell. We love those comments the most. Uh, yeah. Especially you agree with me. Yep. yep. <laughs> that is Jason. Shout out to all my friends that are watching this. You just just comment, I agree with Jaron, and just leave it at that so we can, yeah. we, can, we, can we can all laugh about it next week. Uh, the last thing that we have on here is a new segment we're going to be trying out. It is going to be called Things That Make Us Mad in the Culture. But what makes us mad in the culture? Um, I guess I'll start because I did start this segment or brought it up because that'll be an interesting conversation. The thing that makes me mad in the culture is the culture of the nerd culture is almost quasi anti-black. And we include ourselves in this culture very well. We contribute to this culture. We love this culture. But when I say it's anti-black is that anytime a move is made in the culture that adds diversity the culture backlashes against like that character, but they don't realize they're backlashing against us as well because we want representation. When we go and they do a, a Riri Williams or at one point Miles Morales and et cetera, and they're like, oh, Superman is this person, or, you know, or Spider-Man is this person, or this is Iron Man. Like, we, we want our people too. We want people that look like us, that sound like us, that talk like us, that work like us. The biggest moment that we can talk about with anti-blackness in our culture, in this nerd culture, I would say the biggest one I give is Static Shock. Why has Static Shock never gotten a movie yet? Static Shock was very, very popular. Static Shock is a known character in the DC universe, but yet we never character. got a movie. Yeah, never got a movie for him. But they'll throw out a Blue Beetle, which, again, my Latino brothers and sisters, I'm with you, and I can't wait till it comes out. I'm right there all the way. But we're getting all these characters that they're doing to try to revitalize this tragic DC universe, 
when the, you know, the easiest way you could have done it is you could have made a static shock one because you know what? Every time you've given us a black legitimate superhero with his own title, it makes money and we come out and see it. Black Panther, Blade. We can go to it. We can go through the list. Anytime, even as tragic and terrible as Steel was, black <laughs> people still want to see Steel because it was it was shacking it and it was god awful. My point oh, wow. is, is that we we have a disciple, we have a, a area, and we have a love of all this stuff too. But we don't see ourselves in a lot of this stuff. In the the characters we do see ourselves in, we never get to see them on the grandest stages. We never get to see them play integral parts in things. Like shout out to Young Justice for making Black Lightning the leader of the Justice League at the end of it. But we still ain't seen his Joker since. Like <laughs> they did all that, and it was like, yeah, he they told oh, well, Black Lightning said, like, no, show Black Lightning saying that. Show him being the head ninja in charge, man. Don't just give us that lip service. So I hate that even when we get to the cosplay situation when it comes to Black people in the culture, whenever we cosplay as somebody that's not our color, you get another backlash from the culture that's like, well, why are you wearing that? You know, it's plenty, it's plenty of people that look like you that you could dress up as and blah, blah, blah. Like, these are made-up people and human beings. Like, these are made-up things. Who cares real. what color they are when you cosplay as them? Because you show your love and affection for that character. But right. it's almost like the diaspora of the nerd and geek thing, they don't want blackness involved. And then when we do try to get involved, they treat it as like, oh, it's like a woke movement. Or, oh, you're just trying to take what's ours. It's always this, this, this aggravation rather than celebrating that many people from different races and cultures enjoy the same thing that you enjoy. You want to be equal, you want to kill racism, you want to do all that. That's the easy way to do it. You have a common ground, but for some reason, it's always met with hostility when it comes to things that include blackness. And I mean blackness in particular because I am black and I've experienced that from the culture, or I get the oh, you're into that? Like from white people, <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, like why wouldn't I be? Oh, I just never met any black person that's into like that. Like for a while, long time I got that for anime. I just never met a black person that was in anime. Well, we can't like fucking cartoons that they're like, what is it? Because they got to read? Is that what it is? Like, it's almost like I'm trying to figure out why do you think we wouldn't be in the cool shit? What is your like, response to that? I mean, who who says my that? Response there is was, no why? Response because you got to read? It. No, that was my yeah, response. Like, why? Because I got to read subtitles and we don't read? That's what you're trying to say? <laughs> and when you say that, they get like, oh, whoa, I didn't say that. I'm like, well, why else would I want to be in the cool stuff? Like, but it is a thought process that these things are not associated a point of central to blackness and I hate that in the culture because we're one of the biggest buyers, suppliers, and viewers of this culture and it seems like every time we get closer into being accepted, it's always a backlash of negativity that makes us just be like, fuck it, we gotta do our own. You know, it's a sad thing that we can't just all be nerds we gotta be blurbs. You know why? Because we gotta be black nerds because we can't be just the nerd so that is what I hate in the culture. I hate the anti-blackness that runs through our culture because I feel like it's just propagated on bullshit. So that is my high horse. I'm uh, jumping on down, hoping not to hurt my ankles as I come down. Uh, <laughs> um, Jason or Jaren, which one of you guys want to go next? I figured it doesn't. I've got one, but if Jason well, wants go to go ahead, first, Jaren. Go ahead, Jaren. I'll, I'll go last. I want uh, Yeah, Jaren. give us a cool drink of a nice refreshing water, Jaren, after my... Uh, Happiness no, uh, there. Jared's gonna I, say uh, the best I'm kidding. Jared, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. I hate with these cosplayers just cosplay out of the race. To um, <laughs> <laughs> your point, Jason. <laughs> Glad you brought it up, Jason. I've been meaning to talk to you. Um, 
I think I think the thing that really kills me in our culture is it's uh, the the gender based uh, gatekeeping. Uh, mm. When you have these guys that may feel like they have they, they consider nerddom or, or liking nerdy things and sharing that love with each other as kind of a, a place they've gone as a safe haven and maybe they feel rejected by girls or something. But then you have girls that break through that and are like, yeah, I kind of dig this too. This is kind of awesome. Instead of meeting them with open arms and welcoming and being like, yeah, welcome to our welcome to the world that we've created for ourselves, surrounded by all the things that we love. They're met with. Well, what about this character? Do you know anything about this character? Tell me everything you know about this. And it's this bizarrely negative reaction to what I can, it, my mind is a very positive outcome in this scenario for all involved. And they manage, you've got this, this, this group of people, these Pizzagate motherfucking type of people that want to like, just, <laughs> just want to fuck it up. And I'm just like, you guys are you guys are fucking it up for yourselves and you're fucking stupid and I hate you for it. So yeah, I, I really dislike that about our our thing. It it happens entirely too often. And when I, I start to get that vibe, that that incel vibe from some otherwise decent nerdy people that I hang out with, I do my best to distance myself fairly fucking quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Um Jason, the Duke of All Nerds. My people. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I think the thing that I don't like about or this makes me mad is a common. I mean, it's basically both of what you've both been saying, which is toxic, toxic masculinity and white supremacy, which yeah. have go hand in hand. Um, the thing that take large amounts of ignorance and I mean, you need all of that for both yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, the thing about geek and nerd culture was that it is not a it's a account a safe space was supposed to be that it's a safe space for people who don't generally follow the mo more quote unquote traditional ideas of society, whether it be like, oh, I can go and be in the, on the football team. I'm Tommy Tuckerville on the football team or whatever. It's supposed to be a place for those who are outcasts, right? And it's like, why are you trying to exclude other people, whether they be black, Hispanic, LGBTQ, whatever, from that space when it's that's what it was made for, was to, to have a place for those who don't necessarily fit in to that mainstream, you know, toxic ideology. And and I just like it's it's sad because like for me, a lot of these things were a place of safety, some place that I can uh, retreat to because the real world sucks, you know, because <laughs> the real world is bad. And to find that this place, this thing that I love, these, you know, whether it be Star Wars or Star Trek or or um, fucking Harry Potter or anything, you find that yeah. there's people out there who also love these things but don't want me included is like... Or not to not just don't want me included, or just to not include other people who might love these things as well, just because of what arbitrary, you know, uh, circumstance of their birth is. It's 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 unfathomable to me. It's like how could you have been in this in this culture and this ideas? How could you have grown up watching Star Wars, grown up watching Star Trek, and been like, oh yeah, keep fucking women out of this? Like yeah. how how could you? How is that even passing by? Did you not? Listen, learn. yeah, did you not learn anything. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. It's like you're the you're the you're the, the Daleks now. You're the the the, the, yeah. the the Death Eaters, and like the, I mean, there are people out there who want to be Death Eaters, and uh, you know, whatever with that. But like, you are the thing that you know we have placed you know in ourselves as the bad guys in our in, our, in this culture, and yet you want to do the exact same just so you can be special. Yeah. Like, right. and it's like. And it, and it gets even to the broader point, especially now that, you know, geek culture, quote unquote, geek culture is becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Um, You know, it's even people like gatekeeping other people who are just like them, right? It's like, what, you played football growing up? You can't come in here and, and read our comic books? What the fuck? You know, yeah. it's like, no, like everybody <laughs> is supposed to be included in this. Everybody like this is what it's all been meant for, you know? So like, it's really, really, really annoying to me that you know, if you say, "Oh, Superboy's bisexual," or 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 maybe we're going to cast Michael B. Jordan as Superman or whatever, or or we have a black stormtrooper, you know, and someone's like, "Oh no, that's a bad idea." Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself and die. <laughs> all right, like <laughs> just just do that because you know, obviously, you never really loved this shit to begin with because you didn't yeah. understand it at all. The world right. would be a better so, place without that person anyway. So dig a hole, first insert whatever sexual organ you have into yourself, and then cover yourself <laughs> and stop breathing. That's my gatekeeping. <laughs> if you're gatekeeping other motherfuckers, all right. <laughs> so yeah, that pisses me off. Like, really. Yeah. Like all I right. will throw hands. It sounds like at a, at a <laughs> core level, we all have the same issue. Exactly. Ultimately, it's gatekeeping. It's gatekeeping. Whether it's right. gender race religion creed whatever based it's the idea that we adopted the, i mean we're older than you know people now but when we adopted nerdism and nerd culture it was a place that was uh it was a place we went that was outside of the social norm it was a it was a safe haven and the idea that we wouldn't openly invite anybody else into a place knowing that we had been at one point or another bullied or rejected. And we, we were fully fucking aware of how that felt. The fact that we, uh, somebody that is uh, given that understanding would ever uh, do the same that, thing, do the same thing to somebody else's. It, it, it's unfathomable. I don't fucking get it. I don't understand it. Everything that we love about nerd culture has this baseline morality, the story in it. And, and it, we know what good people are and what bad people are. Unless you're a sort of truth fan, then you're probably definitely toxic as fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah it seems like at a ba- it seems like at a core level we all have the same problem and I, I i like that about us all right um that ends that segment about what makes you mad or why we or why we're mad the last part of the thing we want to do is that as all show or all segments at the end of the segment we talk about please leave in a comment down below and we gotta be true to our word if you leave comments we're gonna read it and if we disagree, we will offer you disagree. You're more than welcome to leave another comment and we can link up and get you on a show. So we do yeah. have a few comments that we are going to read Ooh. right now. So who, who's our victim today? <laughs> <laughs> so hmm. last week we did read a comment about uh, Midnight Mass where we talked about, you know, white people shit and rat poisoning. <laughs> and we responded to that. Well, someone else responded to those responses. Um they responded uh, Camo, to our responses. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Camo Yim. Um, I'm gonna say is that's the name again. 
don't get mad that I can't pronounce your name or something correctly. All I do is read for a living. So uh, <laughs> his response was, dude, no way. This is new information to me. Wow. So scary that the reality is actually worse than the fantasy. Referring to that he didn't know that the uh, Jonestown congregation was 70% black or majority black. And mm. that's what died. Because, again, most people think they were white because it's some white people shit. Anyway, going on, um, they just assume they're all white. <laughs> like, no, they right, right, right. Oh. <laughs> um, no, Jim Jones definitely was a white one... guy. Fuck that dude. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, we had one about uh, Halloween kills. So his mm -hmm. name is Dixon D. Right. I don't know what the D stands for, but uh, sure. shout out to him. But it's Dixon Dixon. Dixon. There you go, Dixon Dix. Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, Hollow This is about uh, Halloween kills. I give it more than a two, but I agree with you. It didn't make sense, and the story was bad. People who saying that they liked it are focusing on the kills. I'm hoping for a much much improved third movie. Um, I think he just kind of summed up both of our ideology, like how Jason feels like it sucked, and I agree too that it just had a bunch of holes, but I did like it because of the kills. So the kills are fun. It, yeah. Yes, yes, are yes. They, isn't the next one called like the final Halloween or something? It's Halloween ends. To, oh, Halloween the Halloween ends. ends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So they're yeah. trying to wrap it up like a trilogy, put a bow yeah, or a condom. Yeah. <laughs> so this one like, like here. Dixon D. <laughs> Dixon Dix. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry so, to the poor young person whose name is we Dixon. We love you, Dixon. You're great. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, this is <laughs> where my mind goes. We love you, Dixon. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you got to say pause after that, maybe. All <laughs> right. So the last one we got is uh, this is uh, somebody commented on Midnight Mass. Actually, it's uh, Cameo Me, Yomi, the one that just had the previous comment. No. Uh, I guess they listened to our Midnight Mass conversation and he puts the timestamp on there. So at 924. Damn, he's coming with notes. That's a, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I looked it up too, and I'll tell you what, when you hear the comments, you'll probably figure it out. But I looked it up and found out what exactly happened at 924 because 924, that's a very valid point. Folks were scared of angels in the Bible time. And again, still, nowhere in the Bible do angels suck blood. And even more crazy, nowhere in the Bible do they actually say angels even have wings. Great discussion, guys. So, 924 was when I was saying recruiting when you guys were like, it's a vampire. How do you not know it's a vampire? <laughs> and I was like, well, because it's an angel. And they said, hey, you know, angels, blah, 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 blah. So he's like, oh, that's a good point. You never thought about this. But he still sides with you guys and goes, man, this motherfucker was drinking blood. Like, you might have yeah, thought yeah. at first, like, oh, that thing has wings. It must be an angel. But then when it starts sucking, you're like, no, 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 that's a motherfucking vampire. Right. They, they even did the halo effect when you first saw it. Like, you saw, like, kind of a halo thing. Oh, yeah. They were definitely trying to sell it as an angel, but really. Like, oh, ooh, he's biting me. Okay, he's he's mm, that's famous. <laughs> that's not something right, 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 right. get down on the nipples. <laughs> so yes, that is our comments for last week. Uh, again, guys, we appreciate it as always. Please remember to comment and uh, speak to us about whatever you think, or if you want something that you want us to review. Maybe you have something you're like, man, I want to hear their take on this movie or this show or whatever. Let us know. Put it in there. We'll try to prioritize it. And we'll even invite you on it if you want to talk about the show or movie yourself with us and chop it about how we felt about it. Um, but it yeah, guys, just keep nostalgia. Them. We'll go for an old, old something too. Ooh, right? Yeah. yeah that would be nice. Yeah. Ooh, such a great movie. Oh, congratulations, <laughs> Jason, on 2,000 subscribers. 
I know. Yeah. Well, resident to me, to all of us. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, uh, it's mostly our big, show. I'm, it's mostly sure the hip hop show. Doesn't it, no, do it is because I'm pretty much being focused primarily on this show now. I've kind of eliminated all other shows and we're just working on it. Wrestling show. Definitely. Who watches wrestling anyway? Like, yeah, tons of people because it was the highest rated thing. I'm getting, but, I'm getting Jason <laughs> Cheese. But I don't want to. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> if you want to see the rest of the show come back, you let us know. I love to review some wrestling. Some um, wrestling. With all that, right, yeah, wrestling. Uh, with all that being said, again, thank you guys. Remember to comment. And I guess let's go on to the whole stretch. So thank right. you guys again for listening and watching the Inward for Nerd podcast. It's a pleasure bringing this show to you all. Thank you again. We made it up to 2,000 subscriptions, uh, subscribers. And also thank you for people who commented. If you do or if you can, we really, really would like to go even higher than 2,000. And how you can do that if you like, share, and subscribe our content on YouTube, Facebook. If you're listening to us on the audio version, you could definitely uh, tell somebody, hey, I got a dope podcast you should listen to, and tell some friends on that because we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Not Apple Pie, but Apple Podcasts mm. and Google Podcasts mm. and Anchor FM under Head Cannon Circus. So, guys, uh, thank you so much, as well as, Jaron, I mean, I always got to remember because you just every time I think of this, I think of you because you're oh. such a lovely human being. Always remember <laughs> to hit the notification bell on YouTube so you can be notified when we do post no mater- new material. And uh, yeah, as always, um, Jaron, any final thoughts? Uh, no, yeah, uh, you got it all. We'll hitting that bell makes a sacrifice to the algorithm gods and we'll show up in more screens and more places so other people can just happen upon us. So do us that solid. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Jason, any final words? Uh, Also, subscribing is free. No matter where you go, subscribing is free. It doesn't Mm -hmm. cost you anything to subscribe to us. So even if you don't listen to us, subscribe. Yeah. I love you guys. (laughs) Be kind. Tip your bartenders 20%. And thank you all for listening. We will see you all next time. And peace. 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 Next time.